Hey guys, and welcome back to Talking Fit with Ty and Adam. We're here with you today on this lovely, beautiful Friday evening we're having out here. It's about 86 degrees outside in upstate New York, and we're getting ready to roll. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about a calorie deficit today, guys. We're going to go into depth about what it is, how to stay in one, and give you guys some tips and tricks of the trade, all right? So we'll start off with the question of what is a calorie deficit, all right? So generally speaking, all right, being in a calorie deficit is you are simply burning more calories than you are consuming every single day, all right? So you're in a deficit from the level of calories which you would need to just maintain or your maintenance calories. And uh, most people, at the end of the day, this is the key, this is the secret, basically speaking, in order to uh, have consistent long-term fat loss. Yes, it's honestly the, I mean, it is, it is factually the only way that you can lose weight is to be in a calorie deficit. Now, when you hear calorie deficit, you're automatically, your mind is probably going to go to, okay, I need to eat less. Mm-hmm. But there's other factors that go into creating a calorie deficit, and we'll, we'll get into those as we go. Um, so yeah, a calorie deficit is the only way to lose weight. Any diet that you've ever heard of in your entire life, um, whether it's uh, keto, paleo, tracking calories, weight watchers, all of these are just different strategies to create a calorie deficit, which is what helps you lose weight. So not to go off into that whole other tangent that we'll probably talk about on later episodes, but basically, you know, carbs don't cause fat, fat doesn't cause fat. It what happens <laughs> is if you're over consuming calories, you're basically intaking more energy than your body needs because that's what a calorie is. It's a source of energy. So when you're taking in more calories than your body needs or more calories than your body burns, it will eventually store them as fat. And that's a very important thing to remember. Eventually it will do it. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it needs to be done consistently. And most people consistently intake more calories than they burn. And that's why they gain on all to weight. So if you just flip that, and you eat less calories than you burn consistently, it doesn't happen overnight, you will eventually see weight loss. Now, there is a huge difference between just dropping into a calorie deficit haphazardly and being in a healthy calorie deficit. A healthy calorie deficit is basically 250 to 500 calories less than your maintenance level calories, and that's a daily calorie intake. So for example, if you are someone who burns 2,000 calories a day just through activity, through workouts, through just day-to-day life, if you were eating anywhere from 1,750 calories to 1,500 calories, you would be able to lose weight you know, approximately 0.5 to 2 pounds per week. So that is how you would uh, kind of define a calorie deficit. Now, there really is no way to know exactly how many calories you burn. Yeah. I'm correct on that, right, Ty? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I think I just talked for a minute and a half. No matter what, all right, what that Apple Watch says to you or your Garmin watch or whatever it is, right, there's no actual scientific way to be able to track how many calories you burned within that workout, all right? So it's an estimated algorithm that those apps and those uh, fit trackers and fit apps and all those things use, all right? And that's why we always preach that you shouldn't be looking at the number of calories that are burned during the workout, but following a consistent plan of eating well, training intently, and recovering properly as well. Yeah, so there's the, the, the Apple Watches and the Fitbits, they basically just go, um, it's an algorithm based off of your heart rate. Mm-hmm. So uh, re- by that logic, if you were to just, uh, you know, go on a roller coaster and you jack your heart rate up, you know, going down this the steep part, you're gonna essentially on your Apple Watch it will say that you're burning more calories than if you were just like, you know, li- doing bicep curls. But realistically, <laughs> what do you think is better for weight loss, lifting weights or just going on a roller coaster where you're just sitting down? I so, mean, if we could go on a roller coaster to lose weight, that'd be that would be pre- that would be pretty sweet. But you still find people who complain about it. <laughs> like, True. Um, so there are other factors that go into creating your go into how many calories you burn in a day beyond just what your Apple Watch says, or even beyond just the workout you're doing. Um, the other factors that kind of go into it are how much lean body mass you have. Uh, you know, what are you doing throughout the day? So like your neat, uh, basically your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Basically, how many calories do you burn? outside of your workout. So are you someone who gets 10K steps a day, 15K steps a day, or are you sitting at a desk for 12 hours a day? Like that's Mm -hmm. gonna determine how many calories you burn. So to get to the point that I was originally trying to make is how do you know how many calories to eat if you wanna lose weight? So what do you use for like your clients? Like, do you use a certain calculation or do you kind of, is it like more of a feel out process? For in terms of uh, discerning their calorie deficit? Figuring out what their calorie, how many calories they should be eating per day. 
Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So I think we actually followed a similar formula of I'll have my client give me their goal body weight. Yeah. And then from there, I'll just multiply that times 12. And that'll be just a, a general point of emphasis for where we want to shoot for. I think it, it, it's a great start point for people to start to build consistency too. Yeah. A lot of people... The whole point with it is, yes, to put them in a calorie deficit too, but I know it's on the flip side of it is to also get them going for a set number every single day because some people have days, and I get it from just life in general where you have uh, <laughs> some popcorn for breakfast and then you maybe actually have a real dinner, but you want to build out the consistency throughout the day and throughout the week to actually know how much you are intaking, how, how it's affecting you in terms of your either gaining, maintaining, or losing. No, that's a really good point that, that you make is because I, I think most people just take their calorie number as, you know, gospel. Like, oh, this, if I eat this amount of calories, I'm mm-hmm. going to lose weight. Uh, and that's why, you know, I, I shy people away from doing like, you know, oh, I'm just going to eat 1,200 calories a day to lose weight. Because again, yeah. uh, it's, it's not you're not doing any kind of uh, trial and error with that. And there is a lot of trial and error when it comes to weight loss. So if you were looking for just a general source of how to figure out what your calorie deficit is, um, I would use one of two things. One would be use the calculation that Ty just gave you. So it would be your goal body weight times 12, and that would be your calorie intake. So to make it easy on myself, let's say your goal body weight was 200 pounds. 200 times 12, that would be 2,400 calories. That would be your estimated calorie deficit. And then you would do your goal body weight. So again, if that was 200 pounds, it would be 200 times one would be your protein intake. So that would be 200 grams of protein. So that would be a good way to figure out where your start point would be. And there's a huge, the reason why I I wanna emphasize that is because it might not always stay at that number. You might do that for two weeks and you might see that you're losing too much weight too fast. Mm-hmm. And if you're losing too much weight too fast, it means you need to be eating more. So then you would gradually increase those calories until you go into that more of like 0.5 to two pound range. Yep. Or maybe you start eating that amount and you're not losing weight for two or three weeks. Maybe you need to increase your activity level or maybe you need to you know decrease your calories. So goal body weight times 12 would be a good way to just start building consistency. And the, the cool thing about consistency is if you just stick with it and actually stay consistent, your body will eventually adapt to that you know, pattern and you will eventually create a calorie deficit as long as you're consistent with both exercise and weight loss. And the second option, if that's a little bit too complicated for you, is I would use, uh, I don't know if you've ever used this, Ty, but uh, the Precision Nutrition uh, free cal- macro calculator. Yes. Um, it's just Precision Nutrition, uh, just type in Precision Nutrition free calculator online and it really breaks down for you. You can type in like your, your height, your weight, gender, how often you work out, all that stuff. And it'll again, it'll give you an estimated uh, calorie amount that you can start building some consistency with. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I want to touch on a little bit of what you said in terms of uh, realizing like that it is number one, an estimated amount and to realize that you aren't glued to that number. I feel like that's such a such a common misconception that like, well, the 1200 calories to me is insane. Yeah. Um, I know that comes from a lot of just the internet. <laughs> and uh, I think it also just comes from, it's, it just seems to be like this arbitrary number that people have in their head where it's like 1200 yeah. just seems like most, I would say uh, for, for women, most yeah. women think 1200 and I see men, most men think that 2000 calories. 2000. Yeah. I was just but, say um, but again, for, for most male or females that work out consistently, like, that is definitely not enough calories, yeah. but yeah, go ahead. Not at all. And I mean, I always, I'll use myself obviously as an extreme because of the size of who I am as a person, but that just goes to show number one, that, um, even, even just to find like your estimated calorie deficit, that it's not all, you know, cookie cutter. Like it does depend yeah. on so many different factors. Like if I eat 2000 calories a day, yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You'd be withering away. I'd be withering away and I would feel like absolute crap and have no energy. Workouts would be crap. Mood would be terrible. And yeah, so definitely not, definitely doesn't work for everyone. Like it's not a one size fits all. Um, I think the other thing to notice too is uh, early on, like you said, with it being the estimated amount that you're trying to reach and just being conscious of like how you're feeling and noticing, noticing and realizing that generally speaking like losing five seven eight pounds like that a week like that's too much 
But yeah. some people love that. They love to see that happen. Yeah. And then what will happen is then their body evens out or, you know, tries to recomp after a couple of weeks. And, like, oh, the scale's staying the same. It's not changing too much. Yeah. Like, no, you literally just lost seven pounds in seven days. Like, you got to give your body time to catch up. It has to be a healthy weight of weight loss like you spoke about. Well, that, that, yeah. And to go into more uh, detail as to why that's important. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I try to always explain this to clients, too, is I know that it sounds good to lose a lot of weight fast, especially if you're, if you're so, well also like for guys like us, we work out all the time. Like we're, we're in shape, we're trainers. So like we kind of have to be, but like, you know, so for us, like maybe we're at a point in our lives where we don't get, you know, we don't really get too concerned with the scale. So like if I'm, if I'm in a deficit and I don't lose weight one week, like I don't really like question my life. I just like, I keep, I keep going. But so let's, let's just, but let's just use like your average beginner, someone who's in their late thirties, early forties, let's say they've, they're just getting into working out for the first time, or maybe they are, uh, you know, just getting back into it after Mm -hmm. a long time off and they want to lose a substantial amount of weight, like, you know, 30, 50, 70, sometimes a hundred pounds. When you're looking at that and you say, okay, I want to lose 75 pounds. It sounds really good and, and very tempting to do something that's going to cause you to lose, you know, seven pounds a week. And then you, you can lose 75 pounds in 10 weeks based on that math, right? But what you're not considering is, again, do you want to lose weight or do you want to keep weight off? Because there's a huge difference. And if you lose weight too quickly, generally what's going to happen is a lot of that weight loss is going to be lean muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And when you're losing lean muscle mass, you're then on the back end of that weight loss, your metabolism is going to be way slower because mm-hmm. lean muscle, so not talking about getting bulky, but lean muscle tissue requires more energy. So it requires more calories to sustain than body fat. So if you have lean muscle, you're going to burn more calories every day just doing nothing. And why is that important? Because it means you can eat a higher amount of calories and still lose weight. So that's why if you see someone on the street, if you saw two males and both of them weighed 182 pounds, but one of them had a lot of lean muscle and one of them had no lean muscle, the guy with lean muscle is gonna be able to lose weight on a much higher calorie amount, even though they look, or even though they weigh the same. And why is that important? It's because again, if you go back to our calculation, if both of them wanna lose 10 pounds, the guy with lean muscle is probably not gonna use the, the goal body weight by 12 calculation because he's already got a lot of lean muscle. He's gonna need a ton of calories just to keep that lean muscle and if he wants to you know, keep it long term. Whereas the guy who doesn't have a lot of lean muscle is probably gonna eat slightly less calories to lose the same amount of weight. Yep. So uh, the reason why you wanna stick to that consistency and actually track your weight is because if you are losing three, five, six pounds a week, you gotta eat more. You gotta have to figure out a way to eat more quality food or else, again, you're not gonna keep the weight off long-term, which is, for most people, I would say, is 100% of people, that's the goal, is to to be able to keep the weight off. I think that's a lot too, that's where it gets lost in transition, is people get, they let their emotions play more into it, especially in the beginning of, oh, I'm dropping all this weight, I'm dropping all this weight, and then, you know, their body pauses for a second, wants to recomp a little bit, and now they're like, oh, I'm not, nothing's happening, so then they quit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, you know, just uh, it reverts and goes back to exactly what we're talking about. Just consistency is always going to be key long term, but making sure you do it properly and not quote unquote starving yourself or yeah. putting yourself in such an extreme calorie deficit that is, yeah, you're you may be getting the goal, like, attaining, you know, you may be a step closer to the goals and what you're trying to attain. But you're forgetting about all the other things that matter, your energy, your, your or, mood. Or, yeah, or if, if you were talking about strictly weight loss, like all the stuff that's going to help you keep it off. Yes, you know what I mean? Exactly. If you have lean muscle and you're not stressed out and your hormones and all that stuff is in check, like you're going to be able to keep the weight off easier. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is all stuff we're going to touch on uh, later on uh, talking about like, you know, coming out of a deficit and all that stuff. But it's very important to remember that if you are – trying to lose weight that you your long-term goal is most likely and probably should be is how do i keep this weight off and the answer to that is to do it at a steady rate and make sure that you're supporting lean muscle because lean muscle is going to be the secret the magic pill to keeping that weight off long term because it's going to allow you to burn more calories and and that's going to bring us right into our next point is yep. why isn't why is protein important in the calorie deficit 
Wow. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> so like yeah, so like so. well yeah, so like why like exactly? So like when we give our clients uh, calorie goals, we also give them a protein goal. Yep. I personally don't give them carbon fat goals, and I, I think no, Ty is talking. Yeah, Ty was talking about that too. Like we don't even have them worry about carbs and fats because they're only worried about their calories and their protein. So like, why is protein important? So like, what what do you tell your clients if they were to ask you like, why is protein important? Yeah. So I mean, I, I simply, and for a long time I did do macro counting. So I did, I had my clients follow, you know, the carbs, the fats, um, and the protein. I, I prefer this way in terms, because you know, what we always put it like, um, the top or most important in terms of the pyramid with whether it be str- nutrition or training is just the consistency aspect. Yeah. I find that when you don't have to track one other, there's just simply taking away, well, taking kind of two, but you're taking away two things. You have to track your carbs and your fats. You have more freedom there to play around with. And then you're simply just uh, tracking your protein that it gives them uh, more freedom and allows for greater adherence. Yeah. Um, I think that in why protein is so important. I mean, for the same reasons we always talk about to maintain and hold on to the lean muscle mass. I think it's also good to to clarify that like when we talk about losing weight, and I think again this goes along with um, consuming enough protein that we are talking about. Consi- we're trying to lose just body fat. Yeah, yeah, losing weight, <laughs> yeah, losing yeah, yeah. weight, yep. and losing body fat. And the example I always give to people is that you could lose probably. 10 mm-hmm. or more pounds in you know a few minutes if you just cut your arm off yeah. right <laughs> but like you're not going to look leaner you're not going to feel better and you're probably you know definitely not going to be able to lift more weight so like again like if you're just and i know that sounds like a very extreme uh extreme analogy but it's true it's like your goal should your goal is most likely fat loss when i ask someone why do they want to lose weight the reason they usually give me is i want to fit better in clothes i want to look better i want to be more confident i want my joints to hurt less no one ever says to me i don't care what i look like i don't care how my clothes fit i just want to weigh less that's literally never happened working with hundreds of people so people just associate those results with the scale so they're just looking for that that scale to drop but like ty was saying if you're eating enough protein, it's gonna support lean muscle. The more lean muscle you have, the more calories you're gonna burn, the longer you're gonna be able to keep the weight off, the better your metabolism is gonna be. And on top of all that, if you wanna talk about strictly vanity, lean muscle is what makes you look toned. Yeah. Lean muscle is what makes clothes fit better. You know, Lean muscle is what looks better in a picture or whatever your goal is. So lean muscle is what, you're going for if your goal is to be toned or be lean, you gotta have muscle under that skin or else yep. you're just gonna be skin and bone. And you're not gonna, and you're not gonna have a, a healthy metabolism. But from a behavior aspect, protein is very important because like it also keeps you super full. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. So like, like what's, uh, what are some tips that you give your clients maybe to like help them uh, see why protein is important. Like, you know, ha- why is eating protein at every meal, you know, very important if, you're, if your goal is weight loss? Um, yeah, I mean, number one, like you said, just referring back to the terms of uh, satiety, just saying full, um, keeping blood sugar, like, um, keeping blood, maintaining blood sugar levels and just keeping in the same throughout the day. Um, it kind of goes along a little bit to the extent of like with meal timing, but we could talk about that at a different point too. But uh, yeah, just to stay full, to feel fuller, to not go off the hinges and start eating other things. Um, I find personally that when I consume enough protein and similar with clients too, um, it helps in terms of muscle recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, the building blocks of your muscles is protein, which is broken down to BCAAs, branched chain amino acids, which come from strictly protein. Um, there's, I don't know, certain numbers. I know there's nine essential BCAAs. I think there's, so there's five. Nine, there's nine essential amino acids, and then there's the BCAAs are like the branch chain amino acids. Yes. So those are the three leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Yep. But um, I think, but the point that you're making that's very, that I wanted to like, like touch on is, is maintaining that steady flow of energy and like blood sugar yeah. levels throughout the oh, day yeah. is very important. And again, I know we're talking about weight loss, but this all ties into that because. If your goal is weight loss or fat loss, you want to have energy throughout the day. Let's say you work a nine to five job, like you need to be able to train at some point throughout the day. Yep. So if you're super fatigued in the morning or you're run down after a long day at work, you're not going to work out. And if you're not working out, again, you're not supporting lean muscle. You're probably not going to lose weight that efficiently. Mm-hmm. So like you need to be able to train. You need to be able to feel full and you need some sort of system in place to control calorie intake. And mm-hmm. if you're eating a lot of protein, most times when you tell people to eat whatever their goal protein is, let's say it's someone who wants to be, you know, maybe their goal weight is 160 pounds. 
to eat 160 grams of protein a day, the first, the first feedback you get, I'm sure you've gotten this hundreds of times, is, oh man, I don't know how I'm gonna eat that much protein. Always. And what did we just do there? We controlled your eating for the day by just giving you a protein goal, because now you're trying to eat more protein, so we're adding to your diet. We're not stripping things away. We're not telling you, you gotta stop eating this, you're stopping this. We're just like, no. eat more protein. By virtue of eating more protein, you're gonna snack less, you're gonna eat less of the other stuff. You know, Not that carbs and fats are bad, but those are way easier to overeat on. Think about eating uh, an eight ounce piece of salmon uh, with a baked potato mm -hmm. versus eating a grilled cheese sandwich. I could easily eat five grilled cheese sandwiches back to back, which would be like 3,000 calories. <laughs> but like an eight ounce piece of salmon and a baked potato, maybe we're looking at 600 calories yeah. total. And at, when I'm done eating that, I'm not going over for seconds. I'm mm -hmm. not grabbing another eight ounce piece of salmon, but I'll easily eat five grilled cheeses with, you know what I mean? Like no problem. <laughs> Who would? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was that? What was is this something a point you want to make? Yeah, no, I mean, no, I just I 100% I agree. I think it's I think that's something too that's so misconstrued and not really thought about when it comes to fat loss in general, especially I'd say from the client standpoint, as of uh, I like to call it like behavior maintenance too. Yeah, like, like you said, like, yeah, you got to be able to perform in your workout and you want to stay full, but it's like also like you have a whole life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, There's other things just, you need to do, yeah. Yeah, you have to have a job. You have to be decent to your spouse. You have to be able to take care of your kids if you have them, things of that nature. And if you're not maintaining the proper level of protein, you're just not going to have the energy. You're not going to feel full. You're going to feel super sore and beat down and not want to be able to keep continuing to do what you do while you're on uh, your goal and you're on your journey of just losing fat loss. This is one aspect of your life. It's one, yeah, it's one. <laughs> I know that in your mind as the client, you're prioritizing it very highly. Yeah. And obviously, like if you're a client of ours, you paid to primarily like see weight loss or see physical results. And where our goal is to give you what you want, but also pepper in what you need. Like yes. we want to help you feel better and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like most people, prioritize fat loss very highly and they're willing to do whatever it takes and sacrifice in these other areas to see the weight loss they want to see. Mm -hmm. And I can empathize with that. But at the end of the day, if your goal is to keep the weight off and actually like enjoy your life, you got to pay attention to these other factors. You got to pay attention to how you're feeling, how your digestion is, how your sleep is, how your stress is, mm -hmm. how your joints feel and all that stuff at some one way or another is going to be tied back to how you train and how you eat. Mm -hmm. So if you're eating, and you're trying to starve yourself and you're not focusing on protein, you're gonna end up you know, hitting wall. And for most people hitting that wall is, is too difficult to go past and then they just go really, I think about like throwing a tennis ball against the wall really hard, it just bounces really fast in the other direction. <laughs> yep. So for uh, what I've seen with people is, um, you know, as soon as I start to get them to eat more protein, they automatically just eat less calories. Mm -hmm. Because they're, and again, we're increasing your food. Like that's what people don't understand. We're Generally getting speaking, you to yeah, eat we're more. How much you're the the volume of food you're eating is is bigger. It's just less calories. There's yeah. more nutrient dense foods versus. So think about if I gave you a hundred bucks and I told you to go buy something at the Gucci store, and I gave you a hundred bucks to tell you to buy something, buy stuff at Walmart. Yeah. You get way more for your dollar at Walmart than but you get at the, the Gucci 100. store. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But like, but uh, but it just flips around with calorie intake. With calorie intake, Walmart would be high quality and Gucci would actually be low quality. So like when it comes to food True. intake, so at, with good quality foods, you can get a lot uh, for your calorie. Yes. Calorie meaning your dollar. So when you're eating uh, fish, meat, veggies, you know, uh, fresh whole grains, fruits, you can eat a ton of food for very low calories so you're gonna feel full. Yep. When you're eating McDonald's, you know, one burger is going to be like a third of your calories for the day. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's an hour and a half later, you're gonna be hungry again. So we're getting you actually increasing your volume of food. But it, it, by doing that, you're way more full, you end up eating less throughout the day, and you just yeah. are forced to then improve, uh, which would be our next point is in Thai, Thai is really big on this is so just food quality, yeah. like the quality of, of the ingredients of your food, the quality of your food choices, like, why is that so important relating it specifically to being in a calorie deficit and seeing weight loss? Like why, like for example, I've had people say this to me before. It's like, well, if all that matters is calories, like that means I could just eat Skittles all day and still lose weight. Technically, Technically yeah, yeah, but what we were just talking about, you're not going to feel great. No. You're not going to sustain lean muscle. You're not going to have good workouts and Skittles. You maybe you eat four or five bags and you're at your calories for a day and you're going to feel like shit. So mm -hmm. what do you tell your clients when you're telling them about, you know, no pun intended, like nourishing their body with whole foods? 
Shameless plug. Um, yeah, no, honestly, so, I mean, that's, that's where I lead and that's kind of where I lead uh, all of my nutrition in general is doing that simply, to be honest, man, it's just simply from trial and error with my own body. Yeah. I think one of the, one of, if not the most important part of having a nutrition coach, and I'm segueing a little bit here, but we'll relate it back, that um, is the ability to learn the processes, the habits in order to be more self-aware oh, yeah. of what you're eating, how it affects you throughout the day, how it affects you immediately after you eat, how is it affecting your digestion? Like That's something I preach so much is self-awareness when it comes to your own nutrition. Yeah. Because if you're not paying attention to how you're, you're going to be like, yeah, of course, I could eat Pop-Tarts and still be in a deficit and like technically I'm losing fat. But how are you feeling? How are your energy levels? Yeah. You know, how are you? And you're probably take- losing a ton of muscle if you're not eating enough protein. Oh, my yeah, yeah, goodness. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, technically you can eat, uh, you know, if you want to like calorie deficit is it baseline. That's what you need. Right. But that being said, if you want to feel great throughout your day, if you want to feel fueled through your workouts, if you want to push past those sticking points that you normally have, you have to fill them with nutrient dense uh, foods that are full of fiber. Um, you know, fruits, vegetables, like similar to what you said, strictly because you will feel better no matter what. Ten, ten times out of ten, you will feel better. And I, I have friends who, uh, you know, who are also coaches and they, you know, say like nutrition training is key and nutrition doesn't matter and things of that nature, which we could talk about that for hours. But for me, when you come to me to say that you want to lose fat or you want to lose weight, you, you're trying to drop fat. The reason you're saying that and the reason you're tied to, like we spoke about, that number is strictly because you know how you felt at that weight. Yeah. So for me, it's like, all right, well, that's a lot more psychological than it is of what you're you know, actually eating. Like, you want to feel better, then you need to be eating a majority of food. So 80-20, 90-10, depending on how aggressive you want to be with your calorie deficit, is you need to be enjoying a majority of whole nutrient-dense foods. And then you can have some more of the things that aren't just nutrient dense in general. Oh no, yeah, that's a, that's actually a really good point that you brought up with the psychological aspect. Because I've had like male and female clients who maybe they're you know in their forties or, or, or let's say like forties or fifties, and they're like, when I was this age, I was this body weight, <laughs> yeah. and I felt great, and they want to get back to that. And what they don't realize is like, you know, and I'll always ask them, okay, well, like, well, what were you doing at that point? Yep. And, and it could be a toss up. Some people are like, well, I was young, so I was able to do whatever I wanted and still not gain weight. I'm like, okay, but then if you really break it down, you find out, oh, well, well you know, I used to work out five days a week. Oh, you know, I used to, I used to eat, you know, I, I used to eat more food throughout the day. Like, I used to like, walk yeah, every day. I, yeah, I, I, I was day. way more active. I didn't, yep. I didn't have a desk job. So now we start to see like, okay, it wasn't just the random arbitrary number that was making you feel good. It was the way you were living your life. Maybe you were less stressed. Maybe you were sleeping better. Mm-hmm. All this stuff comes into play. And now being someone who, who has a career, has a wife, has a home, has a, ch- a baby, like I know that my sleep is never gonna be perfect. Mm-hmm. My stress is never gonna be perfect. But like at the end of the day, like what can I control? What can yes. I be aware of? And, and what can I do to help myself feel better? So that's kind of going off on a tangent, but relating it back to the strictly like the calorie deficit thing is like what Ty was saying is that your emotional attachment to a certain weight for us as coaches, just to give you a little, like a peek behind the curtain, that number, realistically speaking, from a, a, a results standpoint, we could we care less. Like I don't care what you weigh. I want you to be happy and I want you to feel better. So for most people, what I tell them is, is uh, as we get closer to that goal, I, I really, every, you can ask any client of mine, every week, I ask them at least once, minimum, how are you feeling? Yes. Oh you know, how are you feeling? Every personal training. That's all I ask them yeah. all the time. How are you feeling? Every, you every personal training client I have, if I'm doing <laughs> 10 appointments a day, 10 times a day, I go, how are you feeling? And then if they say good, I follow up with it. How's work? How's, you know, how's that hamstring feeling? You know what I mean? Like this all comes into play beyond just, Oh, well, it doesn't matter how you're feeling. We're going to do, you know, fucking burpees today. Like, is, we, you got to know this stuff. But again, to relate it back to the calorie deficit and, and, you know, why food quality is important, it's because if you are kind of firing on as, I don't want to say firing on all cylinders because nothing's ever going to be perfect, but if you're firing as many cylinders as possible, you're going to be able to perform better and you're going to be able to do whatever you're doing that's working for a longer period of time. Yes. You know, think about your job. Like, your job is stressful sometimes. You know, or, you know, there's ups and downs, maybe there's people you don't like, 
But if the overall net is positive and, and you have a good energy going to that job every day, you will most likely make it a career and stick with it. Or at least mm-hmm. I hope you do. But if every time you went to work, someone punched you in the, mu- in the mouth, like every time you walked in, <laughs> you just got li- like literally just punched in the mouth by someone's fist. How long could you possibly sustain that? So think about that from a training and a nutrition perspective. Every day you're punching yourself in the face with starvation diets or overdoing the workouts and not paying attention to your recovery, your sleep, or your food quality. After a while, you're gonna be like, screw this, and you're gonna be burnt out. No matter how in shape you are, no matter if you're you know, 50 pounds overweight or if you have a six pack, you can only sustain that for so long. So the best thing to do is find something that you can stick to, make it intense from a training perspective, but make it doable from a nutrition perspective and also have some realistic expectations of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I say this to my clients all the time, eating a home cooked whole food meal with quality ingredients is not fucking deprivation. No. That's not being <laughs> deprived. Yeah, but, it, but it's true though, because like if you have the means to buy quality food yeah. and you have, cook it at home and enjoy a meal, there is, literally 500,000 Pinterest rep- recipes that you could look up to make that food taste good. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, because you didn't get to order Chinese food that night, that doesn't mean you're being deprived. It doesn't mean you're starving yourself. But if you're, if you're boiling chicken and just eating it over the stove by yourself miserable, yeah, then you're depriving yourself. Yeah, but if I'm course. trying to get you to eat better food, like, I'm, you're not depriving yourself of anything. No, you know what I mean? Like, you should be paying attention to this stuff. And there, and there is. There's so much... And it's just, I think a lot of it is, is overlooked. There's so much of the psychological aspect that yeah. goes into it. Because like, like you said, same thing. You can't order takeout. People see themselves as being deprived. Well, I think you, you, should, you should flip that to more be like being grateful in that like, oh, wow. Like I have the ability to, like you said, still go to a store and buy myself this nutritious food. Like you just, you put such an emotional attachment on getting food from somewhere else because a lot of that, I will say, I feel like for, for my personal clients and uh, just in general, um, that that comes from it's the luxury aspect of like they feel like they're depriving themselves but it's sometimes it's even just the time of making it it's yeah it's a convenience thing the convenience thing or it's just like they think they don't well the other thing comes into play is they don't know how to cook as well but like again like you said you can look up so many different ways but dude, so it's a, small things it's also just do. a psychological thing too of like as soon as someone thinks that they can't have something yeah. they just want it more right yeah so like i think it's, it's important to let people know that like you can still do those things. You can still order out food. And you, I mean, I love going out to eat, you know, prior to COVID, like that was, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite things to do, but like, I'm not doing it every night. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going out to eat every single night, not only cause I'm fucking cheap, but like also it's just, I'm not going to feel good. Like, you know what yes. I mean? If I'm eating out every single night or five nights a week, um, again, I know we go off on the tangents, but this is stuff that's very important. I like to stress this to my clients. I'm like, you have to identify like what is your normal. Yeah. If you're work, if you're going out to eat five nights a week, going out to eat is no longer a novelty. No. That's just what you. That's <laughs> just what you. Do. It's just what you do. So like you're, you, you can't tell me that. Well, I don't really want to give up my eating out five nights a week because I really like. That's just. It's not a novelty anymore. That's just what you do. No. So now, okay, if that's really what you want as the client. That's fine, but now we have to set some restrictions for when you go out to eat, yeah. and we have to see if you can stick to those. Can you, you know, make better choices when you're eating out? Can you drink less alcohol? Yeah. And if you if you you're not willing to do those things, and I I mean I, I hate to say it, but like if you're not willing to drink a little bit less alcohol and make some better food choices, there's only so much someone else can do to help you. Mm-hmm. You got to be willing to make some responsible adult decisions and go okay. I'm doing this for my health at the end of the day. Like weight loss is great and everything, but being in a calorie deficit is not forever. And mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about that in a little bit of like how to come out of a deficit in your long-term planning. Yep. But like weight loss isn't forever. You're eventually gonna get to your goal weight and the goal then is to maintain it. And you have to, you have to develop habits that allow you to maintain that. And one of those should be eating better quality food so that you know, you're, you're sleeping better, you're feeling better, and you're performing better. Mm-hmm. For um, long-term health. Long-term health, yeah. Just in general. It has nothing to do with uh, aesthetic-wise, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, uh, uh, granted, like, we work out all the time. Like, we both want to look good in a bathing suit in, this, in the summer. I mean, I do. Like, I mean, I'm sure yeah, Ty does, too. Yeah, but, like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, um, if I was eating, like, 1,500 calories a day and doing an hour of cardio, like, it's not even worth it. You know, it's, just, it's not even worth it. Not at all. Um, all right. So, how long, how long should someone stay in a deficit? And I think that this is very dependent on your goal. Yep. Um, but I think overall, 
again, if we're talking long term, we're thinking years. Okay. Yep. So let's say you're someone who needs to, or not needs to, but who wants to lose 75 to a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Right. And at, you know, let's say it's a hundred pounds at about, you know, a pound and a half to two pounds a week. Mm-hmm. It's going to take you a little, a year. Yeah, you know what I mean? Almost actually, a year, right? A year. Or, or maybe longer, depending on how, how consistent you are. So that brings the question like, so does that person stay in a deficit all year? And my answer, and, and th- I don't think there's a necessarily right or wrong, but I, 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 so Tyler can let me know if he, if he has a different opinion on it. But I think the answer is no. I think you have to have periods of what's called calorie maintenance. So yep. I think staying in a deficit is something that you should do, or you should be able to sustainably do for eight to 12 week blocks. Yeah. And then take what's called a diet break or like Tyler called it before, like a recomp. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why this is super important uh, to break down how to do this is because most people have no clue how to come out of a deficit. So they think a diet break means three weeks of cheat meals. <laughs> Go back to eating yeah, how yeah, it yeah. was before. Exactly. Like that just means, oh, the reins are off. What it really means is you would go from what we talked about at the beginning, you would go from that 250 to 500 calorie deficit and you'd bring those calories up to maintenance for yeah. a short period of time, four to, you know, maybe two to four About weeks. Too, yeah. And th- what this is going to do, and Tyler give give more feedback on this too, is what this is going to do is going to allow you to intake some more food. So we're feeling better. We're, you know, we're coming out of deficit. Maybe we're a little even, even less hungry throughout the day. Mm-hmm. We're going to get some better workouts. What does that mean? Means we're gonna put on a little bit of lean muscle. It means our metabolism is gonna start revving a little bit faster. Yep. So now, when we get to the back end of this four-week, you know, uh, calorie maintenance phase or diet break, we're revving at a higher level. Our metabolism metabolism is revving at a higher level. So now, when we go back into a deficit, the goal would be we're either a able to eat more calories while being in a deficit, or b if we go to the same deficit we were in before, we're now able to see a more steady rate of weight loss than prior to, to prior to the diet break. So basically just think about it like, you know, if refilling your car with, with fuel every time the tank gets a little low. So when you're, when you're in a deficit after a while, you, no matter how sustainable that deficit is, you're getting a bit, a little hungrier. The energy is going to start to go down and all this is completely normal. So what we do is we refuel that tank for like two to four weeks. We get the, the metabolism revving at a higher rate and then we bring it back down to the deficit and we, and you kind of cycle through that, uh, for as long as it takes you to, to see your, to see your goal weight loss. Mm-hmm. And then once you see your goal weight loss, you would then pretty much just stay at your maintenance calories for as long as you want. You, the goal, you could stay there. You ideally would stay there year round unless you ever wanted to lean out even more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was uh, beautifully said. Um, I think almost, uh, just uh, coming from more of like a third party like perspective to look at it too it's just like think about like the time i think time plays so much into all of this yeah and uh people don't you know everyone wants it now <laughs> yeah you can put on weight for five years but you want it all off in a month yeah <laughs> like, exactly it's it's very true yeah and it, and it doesn't work that way so i almost think about like in terms of what you're referring to of yeah 100 percent agree that coming back to a maintenance is like keep like you must do that um and just think about it I'm, it's basically like that first finding that initial um Finding the initial number that is your calorie deficit and how we were saying that sometimes you can lose five, seven, six pounds like really quick. It's like think about that like on a it's but it's on a much broader scale because we're opening up the timeline to more say like a year yeah per se. So um, I think it allows for again for people just to feel better, allowing for consistency over time to realize that staying in a deficit. I to be honest, I personally know people that have been in deficit for probably a close to a year and they're just they feel defeated uh they feel like their metabolism is ruined uh their workouts are plateauing they're staying the same but they're still psychologically so hell-bent on i have to be that number i have to be that number and if they don't get to that number they will stay there and at the end of the day like they're actually doing themselves a disservice yeah i'm not just eating a little more food but there's so much Diet culture in general, and this is definitely not a diet, but diet culture has ingrained into people that like you have to be that number, you have to be that number, and if you're not, then you know you you put so much attachment on it, and you will again change your behaviors, change how you eat, all to be that number. When we're trying to represent more of a realistic approach over time for you to reach your goal through 
a safe manner. Yeah, and there's a spectrum on that. So, because yeah, yeah. that, that's, that's one point that you brought up that I think is very important. Um, so there's two ends of the spectrum. So when, when Tyler was talking about uh, people who have been in a deficit for years. Yeah. So there's one end of the spectrum. This is the person who is actually in a deficit for years. So they're the per- person that maybe is has a, has a pretty low body fat, yep. but they don't feel great. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're they're they they have a very unhealthy relationship with food. They're like they they kind of like just eat very small meals. They're they're unwilling to to have a cheat meal yeah. or or not even a cheat meal, but unwilling to just eat normal foods. And these are the people who what eventually happens is. Even though they're, they may weigh the weight that you want to weigh or maybe they fit into the clothes you want to fit in, um, if you're in a deficit year-round, what's going to happen is you're eventually going to start to burn off lean muscle. And then what happens is your metabolism slows down like we talked about before. And now in order for you to maintain that weight, your maintenance calories have to come way down yeah. because you don't have lean muscle. So because you didn't take these, these opportunities to bring up your calories for you know, two to four weeks – you are now like just slowing down your metabolism. So as you age and as you get older, the only way that you can see continued results is just to constantly eat less and less and less. And those are, that's the one end of the spectrum. The second end of the spectrum is the person who has been on a diet for mm-hmm. years, but has never or very rarely actually been in a deficit. Mm-hmm. And this is the person who is maybe, you know, they want to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds. And they, and I've had these conversations and they've told me like, I've been on a diet my whole adult life. I've always, I'm always on a diet. And I, and I always tell them like, just because you're on a diet doesn't mean you're in a calorie deficit. Yeah. You know, if I tell you to uh, do keto, you're technically on a diet, but if you're eating 3000 calories a day, you're not in a deficit and you're not gonna lose weight. And, and I have had these like, and when I'm saying this right now, just kind of off the cuff, um, it, it's, it sounds – and maybe you're hearing this and you're going, wow, that makes a lot of sense. But you have to understand I've had conversations with people like who are in their you know, 30s, 40s, 50s. And when I tell this to them, it's literally groundbreaking, something they've never heard or thought of before. And it's not because I'm super, super smart and I came up with this theory. It's just factually how it works. It's it's never been explained to them in this way before. Mm -hmm. Just because you're on a diet does not mean you're in a deficit. You can call anything a diet. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you're eating eating the right amount of calories to see weight loss. So uh, this is why tracking your calories and actually having data that you look at, i.e., how do I feel? How do I look? How are my clothes fitting? And, And also body weight. It allows you variables that you can play with. And... It, to get to the uh, to the point that we're gonna go into next, which was, um, what do you actually do to come out of a deficit? What is a diet break? You would basically slowly increase your calories over the course of you know a couple of weeks, yep. and this is something you have to be prepared for. The scale is not going to change, and it may even fluctuate up. A little and that's, bit. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. If you bring up your calories, it's normal for the weight to go up. But what you have to understand is we're just doing this for a short period of time so that we can then see better weight loss on the back end of it. So, and this just reminded me because you literally just said it. So, I just want to like shut this down completely. The scale can go up. It is okay. If you wake up first thing in the morning and say if you went to the bathroom, so you pee, you weighed yourself, then you took two, three, however, but let's do two just to make sure measurements are right. So if you had two eight ounce glasses of whatever drink you had, drank both of them, say be water, we'll go with water, drank those and then weighed yourself again, you will be one pound heavier. Yeah. That is, it's such a simple analogy, but I feel like people don't think about that. So then they wonder why when they go to eat more food than what they were on or start to increase their caloric intake just in general or have some more water or just more fluids in their body than they did the, the, the day before or the week before. Like just realizing that like that is okay. This oh, yeah, we is just, okay for the scale to fluctuate. That's what we, well, actually, this goes back to what we were talking about before. When your goal is weight loss, generally your goal is fat loss, right? So you can lose fat without necessarily seeing the scale go down. What can happen? That means you can see the scale go up, and that doesn't mean you gained fat. Yes. You know what I mean? So like Tyler just said, if you chug two eight-ounce glasses of water, you're going to weigh more. Why? Because there's 16 ounces of water sitting in your belly. <laughs> like it's just, it just, it, it just more weight. Um, and, and there's a lot of factors that can, you can see fluctuations with. And I mean I've literally had clients uh, email me on like weigh-in day and be like, oh, 
I'm a little disappointed that the scale went up, and I'm like, well, what? you know, what was the week like? And I'm like, oh, my week was all, my week was fine, but like, oh, last night I had, you know, a higher calorie meal than I normally do. I'm like, okay, well, that's why the scale fluctuated up. It doesn't mean you got fatter. It just means you got some food sitting in your stomach. So let's, you know, weigh in again tomorrow. Eat a normal day today, and then weigh in again tomorrow. Probably come down. Like and that's that's why, to be honest, why with the scale so much, why it so much importance is placed upon it. But in my head, like I. I to a certain extent, demonize it simply because of, like you said, or like we've talked about, like the emotional attachment that's placed on it. Like people could have an amazing week and they see that the scale fluctuate, even if it's half a pound or a pound. Oh yeah. And be like, oh, I haven't had a great week. But literally four or five days before, you were feeling amazing. Energy was up. Um, you know, clothes were fitting better. But if the scale doesn't say that, it's, oh no, it wasn't but good. That's why you have to think long term though, because you have to pay attention to trends. Yes. So if you can look back at the last four months. It doesn't matter if the scale fluctuated up this week. It's over the last four months, has it steadily gone down? And I don't care if it's gone down it's a net loss, 16 yeah. pounds or four pounds in four months. If it's going down, it's going down. Mm-hmm. And depending on your body composition and your goal, maybe you know four pounds in four months is what you should be shooting for. If you're already pretty lean, you don't want to you know, lose too much weight too quickly. And if you're someone who's, who's very overweight, like maybe you do want to see a pound a week you know, down. But again, if your scale if your scale goes down two pounds today and the next week it doesn't go down, you still lost a pound a week because it's two pounds over the course of two weeks. So you have to pay attention to your to your overall trend. You can't just get all caught up on the 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 one way and you're doing a week. You know, I mean, I've, I've literally had people tell me, oh, I don't understand. Like I lost all this weight and then from December to April I gained seven pounds. And I go, well, what were you doing for December from December to April? Were you uh, tracking your calories? No. no. Were, you work- <laughs> were you working out? No. And then my response is, well, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> you, you worked out and tracked your calories to lose weight and you stopped doing both those things, you're probably going to gain it back. And honestly, seven pounds over the course of five months isn't really that much of a gain. Uh-huh. Um, but if that same person lost seven pounds in five months, they'd be like, this is going too slow. Yep. So it's just, it's just, it's a lot of this is psychological. But if we're, again, if we're, kind of, if we're staying on topic about this, the calorie deficit, Staying in a deficit for about eight to 12 weeks at a time and then doing a controlled calorie or diet break where you increase your calories, meaning you're still eating protein at each meal, mm-hmm. you're still hitting your protein goal, you're still focusing on whole foods, you're just introducing some more you know, carbs and fats throughout your day to get that calorie number up. You do that for two to four weeks and then you just bring it back down to the deficit and that's going to help reset you and, and allow you to stretch out this weight loss process over the course of you know six months to a year as opposed to just six weeks yep um, I agree. the next part is just how to make a deficit a little bit more sustainable for you so again we talked a lot about eating more whole foods mm-hmm. but it's allowing some what i call is reasonable flexibility in your diet meaning focus on the consistency not on the 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 magic number of your calorie goals so what i mean by that is if you you know are at work and you're leaving work and you have a whole dinner plan that you're gonna cook when you go home and then your best friend calls you and they had they broke up with their girlfriend or boyfriend and they need you to go out for a beer with them you didn't ruin your diet you can go out for the beer you can have some wings and just get right back on track the next day to your calorie goal um so allowing yourself to have those flexible uh you know behaviors is gonna allow you to stretch it out longer also making sure that you're doing things like we talked about before. If you're sleeping better and your energy is better and your workouts are better and all this stuff is just overall better, guess what? You're going to be able to continue this for a longer period of time. It's just that most people are so used to feeling like shit that they don't realize they even feel like shit. It's just that's just their normal. Mm-hmm. So when they start to feel good, they almost look at it like through temporary lenses like – Oh, I feel really great. And then they're almost subconsciously prepared to not feel this great once the, once the quote unquote diet is over. But yeah. it's like, no, 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 this is the goal to get you to feel like this all the time. 80 to 90% of the year. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So um, wh- what are some tips that you either use personally or give to clients to help them make it more sustainable? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, again, that just reverts to similar to what we were talking about in just terms of eating more nutrient-dense and fiber-dense foods. You'll just stay fuller, so it allows you to... Uh, it, it allows the, the deficit to be not as I guess, emotionally taxing, you know, yeah. I'd say for most people. Um, other things I have suggested, and I've also I've done it myself, I'm not sure, you probably have too, I think at some point. Um, but uh, fasting, I think there's a, a real slippery slope with that. Um, surely for me, someone being as big as I am, to make it easier, I just, it wasn't, yes, fasting, but it's more so just 
um, meal frequency control. So I just have two really, really big meals and that just allowed me to stay fuller on less food. Yeah, yeah. Pushing back to later in the day, you know? Um, I think on the the same note as uh, what you were saying um, as far as, uh, oh, so being a uh, calorie deficit and then you are going to be realistic about it and going and enjoying that time with your family, with your friend who just broke up with their boyfriend and just realizing that it's not, it's not like you're not cheating even on anything. You know, I think that's a word I even used to use that a lot all the time. Like cheat me. I think it's more so like, it's like, no. And I say this to my clients all the time now. It's like, no, you didn't cheat on anything. You simply had a day where you just weren't in a deficit. Yeah. That's it. You get back on it tomorrow and we keep pushing forward. It's not like you got to throw everything to the wayside and we failed. It's like, no, you had one day. You may have went over because you had a couple too many drinks or, you know, if you had some pizza or whatever it is you had, it's okay. Just move on next day and we keep pushing. I think the problem comes is when that becomes, you know, no longer the novelty. Well, yeah, that, that, that's a good point because a deficit is a systematic thing, meaning yeah. that like it's a consistency thing. So just because you ate more calories than your goal one day, it doesn't mean you're just now out of a deficit. It's not like, you know, it's not binary like that. It's not like you're either in the pool or you're out of the pool. It's just like, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's more like, are you at the pool? (laughs) So so like, you know what I mean? So like, you know, as long as you're there, you're at the pool. So like, as long as you're tracking your calories and you're aware of how much you're eating, you can control whether or not you jump in or not. So like, if you're spending more time in a calorie surplus than you are in a deficit, then you're probably gonna gain weight. But if you're spending more time in a deficit than you are in a surplus, you're probably gonna lose weight. So that means over the course of a week, again, within, within reasonable boundaries. So going 200, 300 calories over your calorie budget, again, if we're looking at a deficit, you're probably still gonna be in a deficit, you're just not in as deep of a deficit. So mm-hmm. does that make sense? So like, if, you're, if your goal is to eat, uh, if, you're, if you're burning 2,000 calories a day and your goal is to eat 1,500, let's just say, and one day you eat 1,800, you're actually t- still technically in a deficit, it's, yeah, just not a, it's just not as much of a deficit, so you just might not lose as much weight that week as you thought you were going to, especially if you do it the day before you weigh in. So like, uh, as long as your overall behavior is in line with the deficit, so again, we're talking about 80, 90% of the time, you're gonna be fine. So that allows people to make it a little more sustainable as opposed to, I gotta be in a deficit every single day, or again, that's something I've, I've pulled back on too, is I don't do that with my clients anymore. Like I have clients who ask me before we even start, they yeah. just go, when do I get a cheat meal? Yeah, I'm like, well, first of all, we haven't even started yet. <laughs> we haven't even started yet. And it's like, and second of all, like, I just don't, I don't do the cheat meal thing. And it's not that I say to people they can't eat foods they like without worrying about calories. It's just that that's not cheating. That, that basically puts the thought in their mind that like, oh, I'm doing this and now I'm off the diet tonight. I'm back on diet tonight. It's like, no, if you have a day where you eat over your calories or maybe you don't track your calories or maybe it's someone's birthday or whatever the occasion may be, it's not a cheat meal. It's just that day you just ate in that manner and the next day you're going back to eating how we've been eating for maybe the last three weeks. So instead of planning out these cheat meals, I don't like to have people plan cheat meals because at the end of the day, you're gonna find a cheat meal over the course of a year. So like a, a cheat meal or, or five over the course of a month. So if I tell someone, I've had this happen before, I'm sure you've had this too. These are just kind of funny side stories, but like having someone you know, back when I used to do cheat meals, like, okay, every Saturday night, that's your cheat meal. Mm-hmm. That same person would email me on Wednesday, be like, oh, last night I was off track, gonna get back on it today. And then Thursday, or maybe Friday, it's like, oh man, I went a little over calories, but you know, looking forward to my cheat meal tomorrow. It's like, it's you a- already had two cheat meals, yeah. man. <laughs> like, you know, you're not going, you're not, you don't get the third one. Like, so, so it's like, but if you take that away, if they have an untracked meal on Tuesday, Maybe, you know, there's no planned cheat meal, so they can just do the untracked, I would call it like an untracked meal yep. whenever they want. You want to do it on Wednesday morning? I really don't care. Just stay on track the majority of the time. Yeah. And having a coach and that open communication allows you to kind of stay on track and have a, a more realistic look of what, what actually being in a deficit looks like. It's, you know, keeping your behavior in line with your goals 80 to 90% of the time and yep. occasionally, you know, just jumping out of the pool for a little bit. Yeah. I think a lot of that, a lot of that, like what comes or, like with that too is a lot of it's the verbiage in which um, coaches use, you know, I say well, like with like their clients too, if they're saying like, yeah, you can have this where you completely go to the rails or go off the rails and like don't have to worry about anything. It's like, no, it's just consistency. Like you just had a day where it was okay. You didn't cheat on anything. You simply just had a little extra or had something 
out of the norm from what you're normally and, and like that's and that, that's one thing I like to tie it to too is experience. We talked about this last time about like you know uh, what's something that you do on a regular basis that's maybe like quote unquote like off your plan, but mm-hmm. that you allow to, that you allow to fit in. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a very good point that and and I'm forgetting uh, to the source where I got it. I was I was actually like listening to a podcast with someone. This is probably like a year ago, but it kind of stuck with me. I've been applying it to clients. It's just that like. When you are, you know, if you're going to quote unquote, like have an untracked meal or a cheat meal, you know, make that an experience. Like Ty was just saying, like having something that you wouldn't normally eat for the quality of the taste and stuff like that Mm -hmm. is totally fine. So if you're going to have pizza, go get an awesome pizza. I'm not talking about making a cauliflower crust pizza. I'm saying go to like an awesome (laughs) pizza spot that has really good flavors and uses really good ingredients. Because it's going to taste better. Don't get just like Little Caesars and just eat an entire one just because it's your cheat day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So the reason why I like to bring that up is because this is going to allow you to look at more of the experience of it as opposed to just the eating of it. And this is something I've honestly personally applied to my life too is I was big on cheat meals for myself because mm-hmm. I'm someone who like I was I liked to be on point all week and then I would have like the cheat meal on Saturday and I would just blow it out, you know, eat an entire yep. pizza or whatever it is. Until I used to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But now I've developed more of a system like, you know, because me and my wife talked about it and, and, and it was something that was she was very passionate about too. It's just like we're raising a baby now. We're, we want to have more than one kid. And like what is the example we want to set with our behavior for their relationship with food? Is it, you know, track your and weigh your food all week and then Saturday's binge eat? Like is that really healthy behavior? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what we started doing is just like Saturdays, we don't even do like a cheat meal. We just we try like a new recipe. We I don't we don't pay attention to the calories on our. We try a new recipe. We might try like a new drink that we haven't tried before. We'll usually cook it at home, um, and it becomes more of a of an experience. And honestly, I probably end up eating way less calories than I would have if I had planned out a cheat meal. So oh, I end yeah, up eating good sure. food, cooking it with my wife, having a drink or two, and like last week. The meal we had was by cheat meal standards, you know, it wasn't that big of a meal, but I didn't know how many calories it had. I didn't care. It tasted great. And I felt fine the next day. Like I didn't have that like post cheat meal, like, oh, I regret doing that, you know, stomach, bricking your stomach. stomach I just felt like a normal and it works way better. And this is something that I've like recently started doing with clients too, is getting them more on board with the experience of having one meal a week where it's not, you know, tracked and you're not worried about the calories. And they honestly then end up eating less calories than they would have if it was yep. just like, cheat meal, gonna go eat an entire pizza. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it is, it, it delves into much more, again, like of the behavior aspect of it too, because having a quote unquote, like that big cheat meal, and almost, well, I feel like it almost it leans towards more people like regressing and not being as consistent because it's like, they feel like they're losing something yeah. those other six days. And then when Saturday comes or Friday, whatever it may be, it's like for most, uh, generally speaking, like a lot of people don't even limit it themselves. Clients don't really limit themselves to sugar, just a meal. It's they like don't real, they comes, can't reel it in. I wake up, it's mimosas, this, that, yeah. and the third, which sometimes turns into to Sunday. Um, but even if it doesn't, it just, it almost, I feel like it can build like a sense of like resentment that all during the week I can't have all of this stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, no, just, you're not as... Not as deep in your calorie deficit. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And if you have that flexibility and you know that you could have a glass of wine on a Tuesday if you want, you're going to probably be more um, like conservative with those choices because you're just like, oh, again, going back to it. This all ties in. Going back to what we're talking before, making decisions based on how I feel. If you – you know, don't drink all week and then binge drink on Saturday, Ugh. Sunday and Monday, you're probably going to feel like shit. But if you allow yourself to have one or two glasses of wine, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you allow yourself to have one or two glasses of wine, you know, two nights a week, you're probably going to probably stick to those one or two glasses and you're probably not going to feel it the next morning and you'll be fine. So instead of, you know, saving it up all week and then mm-hmm. blowing it out on Saturday, which then is going to affect your Sunday and it's going to affect your Monday workout. And now, now it's Tuesday before you feel normal again. 
So you get a, maybe three and a half solid days under your belt, and you're yep. back on the cheat meal train on Friday. Puts you in a cycle. Yeah, puts you in this yeah, like cycle, so and then you end up being more days in a surplus than you are in a deficit, and then you don't see the weight loss you want to see. So I think flexibility is a huge part of it, um, and that was kind of the only uh, you know other points that I really wanted to to make uh, as far as you know a calorie deficit goes. Um, was there anything else you wanted to to touch on before we got we got going? Um, no, I don't think so. I think uh, it was a great episode, and yeah, I think overall we uh, touched on all the looming topics of calorie deficit. Uh, again, guys, if you have any questions, if you want to talk deeper or delve deeper into this a little bit, please feel free to reach out to either one of us, both of us. We'd love to speak to. We're here to answer any and all questions. All right. Um, if you guys liked this podcast, please, 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 uh, once you get a chance, please give us a five star rating. Give us a one. If you didn't like us, let us know uh, how we can continue to get better and continue to bring you more information that's going to help you in your everyday life. Yeah, thanks, guys. We really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we're new to this, so hopefully these will just keep getting better and better. Uh, if there's anything uh, about the way we communicate on stuff that maybe you wish we communicated more in more detail, or maybe like Ty said, you have specific questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach out to us directly. Like my Instagram is, we're going to tag these in the descriptions, but at Badger Strength and then at Norris with Ty, um, on Instagram or what's your website again? Norris with Ty.com. Norris with Ty.com. Yeah. Same as the IG handle. So hit us up. Let yeah, us know. Let us know what, uh, what you guys want to future episodes to be questions you have. And if anyone ever wants to reach out to either of us for coaching, we are always in the constant process of, of intaking new clients. So, uh, we're happy to do like a a free consult with you and and learn more about you and how we can help. 100% agree. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Thanks.